The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Good day, and welcome to the show today. I am joined today by Dr. Jim Slaughter, stress and anger specialist. Hey, everybody. Good to be back, Ann. Thanks for having me today. You are welcome. <laughs> We have a lot to talk about today, don't we? Oh, man, we really do. This is a topic that affects everybody, so uh, it's, it's very important. Yes, well, I wanted to talk today about stress on the body, and mostly because of the medical emergencies that I have uh, been going through with my family, emergencies um, where my brother had a heart attack and had major surgery. Um, and many times they thought he was going to die. And so we talked about that in the last show, about a lot of the miracles that happened there at the hospital and his recovery in ICU. Um, and it really helped us uh, see, being there, just the immense, immense stress on the body that Robin, his wife, was going through coming out of her own surgery, back surgery, and her immediate having to go to the hospital for my brother, who had a heart attack, with her stitches uh, on a walker. <laughs> it was yeah. just incredible. So the trauma on her body and um, just the immense trauma that Larry, my brother, has been going through with um, a ventilator and hooked up to 15 machines and just everything that he's gone through. And uh, we've really, really seen immense stress, haven't we? We sure have. And felt it, too. <laughs> yeah, we're the family members uh, feeling that stress. Um, my dad fell and broke his hip a few weeks ago. And, uh, well, I guess it's been like seven weeks now. And his recovery. And so we have just been kind of uh, trying to be there for both of the families. And um, before that, my my um family in Arkansas had a lot of emergencies. So this year so far has just been filled with a lot of stress for us, but nowhere near as much as the people who truly suffered. And so we have um, this great burden over the last week to really help people out there who are suffering with immense stress. Um, and so I will let you start, Dr. Slaughter. Well, thank you. I, you know, and I was thinking as you were saying that, um, uh, it, it, it's, and I think I said it earlier, but, but stress is a uh, problem that affects everyone at one time or another. I mean, they're, they're, nobody's immune from stress. Everybody has stress. And uh, so it's a common uh, universal problem. And so it's important for us to address this. And you and I had have, have talked before about doing a program about stress. Yes. Uh, some of the, the facts and figures about it, what it does to us, how it, how it works on us. Um, 
and, uh, and then also how to manage it, how to handle it, what we can do about it to live well, um, even though everyone in, endures stress at one time or another. And so this is a really great opportunity uh, you know, for us to do that. Um, I first got involved in, in just thinking about stress and, and actually studying, researching stress. I was uh, uh, a professor at the time and, and doing some... Uh, uh, some part-time work at a uh, at a at a, a university in our area, and I was asked by the academic dean to to teach a course um, on stress management, and uh, I, I didn't really know a lot about that at the time. And so, but when you're you have you're assigned a topic like that, you get involved real fast. You start doing the research that it takes to uh, to get up on the the topic and everything, and get ready to teach it. And so I began doing a lot of reading and research in the in the field of stress and stress management. So I learned a lot about it. So that was my first real introduction to the topic of of stress and stress management. I, I I like to say sometimes that I feel like I'm an expert in stress because I've had so much of it. Well, I think when you were doing all that, and I saw everything you were doing and learning, and then you were teaching it, I was like, whoa, I need to learn this more. I don't think I realized how much more there was to learn on stress management, what it did to the body, Mm -hmm. until you started (laughs) diving in to every book you could find about stress, every textbook. And you came across some awesome, awesome books that you really... um, feel like are some of the best ones out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um I there there are three that stood out for me that I think are for my money the best books uh, out there on stress and stress management. Um Well, I I just remember the one about zebras. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I think of so often. Yeah, and and I'll mention this one a bit later as I'll talk about the contribution that some authors have made to my thinking and to the 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 idea of stress management, but the one that you're talking about is the the book by uh, MD Robert Sapolsky. It's entitled Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. So so why don't zebras get ulcers? I'm going to answer that question okay. later in the okay, program, okay? okay. okay. Thank yeah. you. Well, okay, so why don't we start with what stress actually is? I mean, we've observed it immensely and felt it, but what actually is it? Yeah, everyone has felt stress and the anxiety that, that produces the, the, the idea of the stress response and everything, which we'll talk about. But um, I like, for a definition, I like uh, Walt Schaefer's definition best. Uh, and I'll mention, uh, Walt Schaefer was a uh, prof at uh, University of California, Davis, for a long, long time. May still be, for all I know. But he wrote a, uh, maybe the best book I've ever read on stress and stress management. And he entitles it Stress Management for Wellness. And his approach to it is, you know, is, is a wellness perspective. Uh, we want to be well. We want to get well if we're sick. We want to stay well. And, uh, and the best way to do that is to reduce the stress in our lives. And so stress management for wellness. And here's the way he defined it. I think it's the most concise definition I've ever read. Um, he says that stress is the body's response to demands placed on it. Stress is the body's response to demands placed on it. Uh, it could be physical stress. It could be emotional stress. It could be mental stress. And, and everybody's experienced all those forms of stress at one time or another. Well, when I, when I think of stress, I think of your body responding. Um, it feels almost like you're in danger. So I've always thought of it like your body responding as though you're in danger. Yeah, that's really true because it starts with a, the, it starts with a stressor, but the stressor really is a threat. A stressor is a threat. The reason it starts the stress response is because it threatens us in some way in our head. It threatens us, and then our body takes over from there. Yeah, I can see that. Because even, you know, with my brother, 
that is, he's important in my life. Right, right. And um, I don't want anything to happen to him. And I definitely wouldn't want him to not be here. So that is a danger to me. So my body just immensely went into um, a severe, severe stress response. Almost like you're having a heart attack, almost. I mean, a very, you almost feel like your heart's racing. You feel some pain. You feel trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. And it's a much smaller stressor. But it definitely goes into that. Uh, extreme panic almost. Yeah, and panic could be, uh, that's a word that could describe uh, uh, severe the effects of severe stress. Yeah, okay. All right. Like a burst of energy would be a smaller amount of stress. Yeah, uh, that's our body prepares us to meet the threat. And one of the ways it does it is by uh, increasing our metabolism. And what that does, it gives us a boost of energy that you're talking about. Now, what's interesting is people respond differently to stress. You know, and um, I think that I've been amazed watching Robin at the hospital in mm-hmm. light of her own physical condition mm-hmm. after her surgery to be able to handle um, just the m- moments, so many moments when my brother was near death. And they would say, you know, we'll let you know in 45 minutes if he'll make it. Yeah. And prepare for the worst. Or it may be two like hours. Yeah. Or, and she would, we'd be in that waiting room. And I know I was having trouble. Um, really a lot of trouble. And I know she she was having an immense more than I was, you know, mm-hmm. and just, I tell you, you never know how strong you are until you have to be. Well, I've heard that. And, um, yeah, it, it, it is uh, true. And the thing is that strength comes in different forms. Sometimes it's not just a matter of, of being, uh, uh, you know, physically strong and enduring. It's a, sometimes strength has to do with knowing what to do with the stress, how to manage it. And so we're going to talk about that in the second hour of our program or second part of our program. Right. Cause we want to give you the skills and even Robin in the hospital and my brother Larry to help them know what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing incredible. Uh, but I know that as it lingers on for Larry, he went back to ICU last night. Um, they get discouraged and they get, they're just worn down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so what do you do when you get like that? Yeah, to really yeah. help you guys. Right. And we hope to do uh, offer a lot of things that might be uh, really practical solutions to common stressors that people have who are listening today. Well, and one of the main things, if, if stress happens too often or goes on too long, it can start wearing the body down. Um, and there's the book Deadly Emotions mm-hmm. that talks about that. Right. Don Colbert's book. Yeah. And yeah. It, he talks about headaches and mm-hmm. upset stomach and back pain and trouble sleeping. And that's the right. milder symptoms. Right. Um, it just starts a we- weakening your immune system. And that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, I really, Colbert's book is one of the three that I was going to mention, by the way. And, uh, I mean, he, he talks about the fact that that our emotions can can uh, kill us, that is, stress can kill us. Yes. And that we become, our bodies become diseased because our immune system shuts down as a result of stress and, and our, not, our inability to handle it very well. Right. And so having skills, having tools to work with that, any, just getting more coping skills, I don't think anybody has enough, you know. No, you're you right. You never have right. enough. So you can yeah. always learn more. And, um, and of course, if you already have health problems, stress can wear you down more. Right. And um, but most people, even a little stress or more stress long term can make a moody, <laughs> tense, <laughs> really <Okay>. depressed. <laughs> right. It and, sure can. and relationships often suffer. Yep, they sure do. And they so sure do. I, and I guess also, of course, work and school, because mm-hmm. I see lots of adults and kids that 
stress just really that makes it very hard for them to function in their occupation. This might be a good point uh, or a good place to uh, to say that there are two basic kinds of stress. There's uh, actually good stress. Uh, which is the stress that athletes feel when they get psyched up or pumped up for an event or or an athletic competition. Uh, That's not bad. That's good because it prepares us physically, mentally, and emotionally to uh, perform at our highest peak, our highest level. Uh, It's the stress that we feel before an exam if we're students in school. Like this Uh, morning, what got me up super early to to make sure I was totally prepared. Preparing for the program (laughs) this morning, right? That's good stress. And that's good stress. But the the, the kind that most of us think about and that we deal with probably most of the time is bad stress. It's the the killer stress. And uh, that's more what we want to talk about today and how to deal with that. Well, and I know that Robin, uh, my sister-in-law, did some really good things to help her with stress. And one of the the best things I saw is that she reached out. She reached out to the community. She reached out to loved ones. She reached out to her friends for help. Mm-hmm. And so many people try to carry it by themselves for whatever reason, yeah. and they keep it in their family or or whatever, and they don't reach out for help. And that is uh, one of the main coping skills for stress Mm -hmm. is to reach out to people and let them come to assist you. And rather they, you know, we had some people that came, you know, definitely my brother Larry reached out because he, his wife was, of course, having, it was in the hospital. So he reached out to coworkers Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a coworker, um, Kathy, who helped him and got him to the hospital. Yeah. um, And also took care of his car to make sure I had a place to go, right. uh, let work people know so that he wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, and also, God helped him. They all helped Robin get from one hospital an hour away to the other hospital. Yes. And yes. so friends immediately, loved ones, and people that they that were acquaintances that knew them like through work or whatever, but they weren't really close to really rallied around them and helped them. And so by their presence, by, you know, meals, mm-hmm. um, cards, uh, my sister let everyone know how to send cards to the hospital mm-hmm. and how to, so they get to Larry, how to send birthday cards with his birthday, uh, um, which was a few days ago, which was right. really cool. Um, reached out through Facebook mm-hmm. uh, for support. And right. so many people were praying all over the world because of that. And um, and so that was some really, really great things that Robin started by just reaching out. Yeah, there's a false belief that a lot of people have that uh, that I should be strong enough to handle this by myself. And if I don't carry it by myself, then that shows some kind of a, of an inordinate weakness, you know, and I don't want to show that. Right. That's a false belief. Well, uh, because it's, it's, it's hindering because you limit the people who love you for me may helping you. Sure, you it, shut them off. You and you can off. decide how they help you, you know. Right. Um, you can decide all that. But having them there for you, and, and some people re- reach out a little bit to the super close friends and super close family. Um, so, they, you know, they limit. But I think that what has been so cool that really surprised Robin, because in her desperation and her being stranded at the hospital, and Larry, I mean, it was such an immense emergency that they had to reach out to people um, besides just close family and friends. Mm -hmm. And they have truly been so blown away by the immense support of the community, um, their work, their, you know, 
just everyone across the world. And I think it's really helped strengthen them. Sure. And a part of our humanness is uh, our need to connect, you know, with other people. We're, we're, we're community-oriented down deep inside. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we need to be thinking about that and, and sharing our lives with people and, and reaching out when we're in need. That's really good. That's really important. Um, okay, cool. So for you, there's good stress and there's bad stress. And I, that's why I had a professor stress <laughs> specialist on today to uh, help because I'm quite passionate, emotional, not necessarily by any means a PhD. Um, and so it's very helpful. I think for you, um, we would like you to help us know what we can do about the stress. Okay. Uh, it might help to understand what happens to us when we begin to be stressed. And people use that term all the time today. I am so stressed. I am so stressed out. I don't, you know, don't know what to do. Don't know where I'm going uh, or what I'm doing. You know, I'm so stressed. And so um, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we deal with that all the time. And so I, it might be helpful to understand kind of there's a, there's a progression or a procession of, uh, of things that happen. I'm just going to go through it uh, quickly so that uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but just so I think it'll help if that's okay. Cool. Okay. That's great. Uh, we, it begins with a perceived threat, and that comes through our eyes. Uh, Schaefer says that it, it, we can actually uh, sense it sometimes uh, other ways, but mainly the threat. There's a threat. There's something that makes us afraid out there. It can th- come through our eyes or other sense organs. Here. We smell, yeah. smell smoke mm-hmm. or we hear a crash or something like that. But all of a sudden, there's something, there's a threat, and our senses become alerted to that. And immediately, it's like an, an impulse goes from the, that sense organ to our pituitary gland through the brain, into the brain, and from the pituitary gland, that, that, that gland notifies a bunch of other glands in the body and organs in the body to go to work to protect us. So we go into this, re- this stress response that is a self-defense mechanism that is automatic when we are afraid of something out there, okay? And so we have all these things going on. We have uh, the adrenaline poured into our blood, sugar poured into our blood, all kinds of stuff going on, thyroxin poured into our blood. And what that does is it, it sets off this response. It's a defensive thing to help protect us. And you guys are getting, you're missing out on the, all the hand movements. And the, <laughs> he's really fascinating. I can't say this without using my hands. But what, the, what, what happens then physiologically is our heart beats faster. We start breathing faster. Our metabolism speeds up. It's, our, our cells are, uh, are, are burning uh, sugar and stuff a lot faster. We're like a uh, we're like a, a, a Formula One race car, okay? That's getting revved up to to go. Our muscles tighten, our pupils dilate, our palms get sweaty, our brain goes on high alert, and so that's what happens to us, and that's why we begin to feel the anxiety. The first thing that hits our bloodstream is adrenaline when we see a threat or hear a threat or whatever, when we sense a threat. And so what that does is that's what produces that sense of anxiety that we feel when we're scared or when we feel stressed. That's what that is. And so the the body has gone into an automatic defensive mode to prepare us either to fight or to flee. And so that's why this has been called the fight or flight response. Uh, that's basically what goes on with us when this happens. And so, so how come uh, they don't have freeze in that? Do you not freeze ever? Does anyone just, you know, because we had, a, I'm asking that because we had a client the other day that he was so um, upset 
by the fact that a house he had built, once he moved in, all these problems started happening, and mm-hmm. the coat rack fell down, and mm-hmm. he just, he couldn't deal with it. I mean, he was so, so angry. I mean, you could see that the anxiety was just taking him over. Yeah. And, and so his wife said he just sat on the couch and was saying, there's nothing we can do. There's yeah. nothing we can do. And, and she easily just went over and contacted the builder, and he came and fixed it within a couple of hours. Right. And, and, and that's the problem with today. Our stressors are so different from what we used to have. But freezing is an unhealthy response. It's an unhealthy uh, thing that, that we do in response to that, that stress response. We don't want to freeze and do nothing because that's what makes us sick and, makes, that, and, and unhealthy. And it builds more stress. Exactly. It creates more stress. The, the, this response, what our bodies do is to prepare us to fight either fight the response to handle it in some active way. And so we're going to, you know, we, I, I always tell people it's like, uh, you know, uh, in, in the past our ancestors had, yeah, but their stressors, were, were, that was a bear in the woods, right? Yeah. And we don't have bears in the woods too much these days here in America. But Except we, on that YouTube we, video. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's not bears in the woods, it's bills in the mail. Okay, or it's not Indians in the hills, it's the IRS at our door. And so those kinds of stressors uh, are the ones that affect us today. And so instead of fighting bears or doing something active to release all that adrenaline, uh, we just kind of sit and worry about it. Well, and people who do kind of freeze, they're, they're truly overloaded. And they've not known, there's probably a lot of stresses leading up to that that they haven't known how to deal with. Yeah. Deal with. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that they just kind of, Kind of uh, meltdown, kind of, and uh, but okay. So it's healthier to fight or flee. Yeah, fight or flee. I mean, and 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 the things that those the the the, the one thing that those two actions, both of them are actions, right? Either you mm-hmm. fight the stressor or you flee from the stressor, and both of those are action oriented. So that tells us that what this response in our bodies is preparing us to do is to be active. To, and so exercise, in some sense, is what this response is preparing us to do. And, and you say that because that exercise of some form, even just moving mm-hmm. to go do something, right. uh, burns adrenaline. Yeah, and, and, and that's the key to it. If adrenaline is the chemical that makes us feel the stress and the anxiety from it, then it makes sense that burning the adrenaline up would get rid of the stress. And exercise burns adrenaline and gets rid of the stressor. And so that's why exercise is the number one way to fight stress. Well, and I think that it is true because you don't have to know what the stressor is to to fight the adrenaline. But but I think that um, knowing what the stressor is is important to know what you're fighting on the stressor and what you or what you're fleeing from. Mm-hmm. That you've got to know what the stressor is, but you might, but you still can relieve the anxiety or the adrenaline pump, which might either make you anxious or angry or whatever. You can do that immediately with exercise to lower it, so maybe you can think clearer. Right, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, if we can't do twenty minutes of aerobic exercise by running, maybe we can walk, or maybe we can just move around or something. Uh, that's the best way. Now, there are numerous other techniques that we're going to talk about in the second half of the program that help with that. But it's doing something doing about something. the stress. Yeah. And I think that even, you know, when I think of Robin and Larry, like Larry can't move, right? right. right. And so for him, he's got to use the others, 
exactly. all the other mechanisms. And Robin went to him. But in the meantime, since she couldn't get to him, dealing with it through talking to other people, calling people to come get her, having the doctor from the hospital call her, which he did. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things happened. The nurse was talking to her. And so she took action, even though she couldn't really move, you know, because right. of the issue. But one of the things that I would suggest to figure out what's causing the stress or if you don't really know what it is, because some people just don't know why they're having anxiety or why they're angry. Mm-hmm. I, um, and so you can track your stress with a notebook um, yeah. and write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happened to you, how you responded, how you recovered from it. And you keep that, that, um, you know, that report, kind of that tracking to find out over when you start having trouble to go back and look at it mm-hmm. or to just start writing. And then you get more clear and you get clarity um, over what's happened. And I, I know I've had a lot of clients do that and they realize, yeah, this is, you know, this is what this is coming from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, stress is always always caused by something scary. We're not always in tune with what that is until we begin to look at it. And that's a really good way to do it. Yeah. And you can take steps then to reduce it. Mm-hmm. But until then, you need to move. Take yeah. action, reach out, but definitely move your body. Yeah, whenever we feel anxiety, the best thing to do is uh, to move. To move. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> well, we were going to say, I'll, I'll, I was going to say something. I'll wait until we get into it a little bit later. Okay. Um, okay. So we talked about exercise relieving stress mm-hmm. uh, because we got to get stress out of your system. And so... Exercise, of course, um, and, and honestly, regular exercise helps prevent immense stress from affecting your body and to manage. Yeah, absolutely. Stress. It helps. It helps keep it from building up in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I think that what is so important to realize, Larry had, and and Robin both had been under. You know, they had lost a lot of weight over the last four years. Mm-hmm. They had gotten incredibly healthy. Um, and Larry, I mean, honestly, he had just finished, or I think he was in the middle of 30 push-ups in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And so 30 push-ups for 30 days, not right, in right. 30 days. <clears throat> and so he was immensely healthy. Um, and the doctor said, this is how, this is the reason you've survived right now since the heart attack as long as you have, because, and that you're recovering quicker. Um, and so honestly, right now, it's not the heart attack. That is his problem. It's pneumonia. Um, yeah, yeah. And he had a touch of it, and and then it got worse and worse and worse, and that's when he had the heart attack. And so the, the pneumonia is what he's still having trouble with right. in one lung. Um, and so I just know that the strength that he developed in his body in general has really helped. Mm-hmm. You know, promote his longer life. Yeah, that's one of the strong, the, the best things he has going for him. Uh, uh, the other is the social community network, the support network. You know that you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, uh, prayer. You know, uh, God and and a person's trust in uh, in God uh, has a lot to do with their frame of mind, their and their state of being. Well, and I think faith. <clears throat> you know, in general, people um, it, it, what they believe about if they can recover, mm-hmm. what they believe of how they think about possibilities and miracles um, or possibilities about their, you know, future. Um, Somebody, we had so many people posting things like, by the way, miracles can happen. Mm -hmm. And then other people responding, miracles do happen. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was just really, really cool. and very helpful. Um, 
So I think part of it is knowing that it can. Absolutely. And so that's part of faith. Yeah, really believing it can and will, uh, yeah. And other, somebody said, you know, life is like a camera. Focus on what's important and capture the good times. Develop, you know, um, friendships. Capture uh, good times. Develop the negatives. They, they take these words and they make them so positive and encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people did that. And I just wanted to, um, before commercial. Yeah. We actually have been contacted by a lot of people since the last show, just telling us how much it helped them and, and sharing similar stories of emergencies and miracles and possibilities. And um, I'm just going to read one of them from a lady named Joan and because uh, it would take too long to share all of them. And she said, thank you for sharing Larry's story, your family's story on your show. We've been praying for Larry and Robin and their family since the story began. And I'd like to share that Larry is the second miracle I have witnessed in my life. My twin brother survived a massive cerebral hemorrhage caused by brain AVM, something that people usually do not survive. And he was 18 years old. And so she went on and shared all about Mm -hmm. it, his struggle, um, what the frontal lobe, how it hurt him, um, and that he he was a gifted, that he still is, a gifted Mm -hmm. lawyer. Um, he still works hard to overcome memory issues and his disabilities, including grandma seizures, yet he still practices law. And he remains a very strong and thankful Christian. As the sister, I have felt your and Joan's fear. Joan's my sister. I've been there and I thought of all of your family. As I was updated on social media posted by Selma, that was a friend in the group, during these times, and your sister Joan's Facebook updates. So how am I connected I am part of the awesomes, awesomes, and those are Dr. <laughs> we are the rogues of Dr. Oz's Share Care Health Group, and she goes on to talk about that for the four years they've been in that, and that's what my husband, my husband, my brother and his wife have gone through Dr. Oz's Share Care and weight loss and all that. Um, we have come to love each other as we have supported each other through our own health issues and weight issues, and boy, do we have a ton of successes. We are an amazing group with a strong bond, and this is funny. It says, Larry is the only brave male amongst 50-plus women. <laughs> Yay, and a lot of us menopausal ones to boot. Talk about hormones. He is a kind-hearted, immoral man who absolutely adores our Robin, as she- and she said, as I do, Larry, what a love story. And so she goes on and just says, mm-hmm. thank you for the show. I hope people take away that miracles are possible and that it's not too late to practice good health. Larry is proof. And so we will go on to commercial. And when we come back, yeah. we'll talk about how to relieve all that stress. Good deal. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beale. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. And we want to remind you um, that if you would like to sponsor Living Well with Ann Beale, we do have partnerships available. We would love to partner with you to continue this great work. And you can just reach me at the email, ablivingwell at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me through my office, which is called Life Solutions, at 817-232-1363. And we can come up with a great partnership for you. Well, we're back talking about actually now how to relieve stress. We've gone all into what stress is, what it does, and talked a lot about the hospital environment, what's happened with my brother and sister-in-law. And... um, Dr. Slaughter? Yeah, and I thought this might be a good time to mention the, the books that I have helped me the most. Uh, our listeners uh, really appreciate uh, books that they can turn to, materials they can read uh, or study that will help them with the issues that we bring up. And, and so I wanted to mention these. Probably the best book on stress I've ever read is uh, the book by Walt Schaefer. Uh, again, uh, Prophet uh, Cal Davis. And um, the title of his book is Stress Management for Wellness, and that's his focus is keeping well. Walt's a runner and uh, very athletic, and, and, um, and so he, uh, but, he, but he's very comprehensive. It's actually a workbook, and for people who want to do something practical for themselves when it comes to dealing with stressors in their own life, I can't think of a better work than Walt's to do that. Uh, stress Management for Wellness by Walt Schaefer. Uh, Can you spell Schaefer? S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. Uh, Walt Schaefer, uh, Ph.D., uh, Cal Davis. And, uh, and Cal Davis is University, University of, of California, California. Davis. Yeah. Davis, yeah. And, um, and I think books really help. I, I'm still being contacted from the show that we did on the memorial to Dr. Minereth, Dr. Mm-hmm, Frank mm-hmm. Minereth, yesterday. I mean, it's been... A couple months since I right. did that show, and and yesterday someone um, messaged me saying that they are getting happiness is a choice, and yeah. so I thought, wow, people are still buying. I don't know how many people bought that book. I would say 100, 150 from the show, and it is a wonderful book. And so they do, they do appreciate a simple, straightforward 
when we tell them it's the best thing out there for depression or right. this one, the best thing out there for stress. And I, I can tell you guys, he read every book on stress out there <laughs> you could possibly find. That's my job if I'm going <laughs> to teach it, right? So, and, and the next book I want to mention, we already mentioned it, but Don Colbert, the uh, doctor, uh, MD type doctor, uh, the title of the book is Deadly Emotions. If you want to read something that will make you feel uh, the necessity of doing something about stress right this second, it's going to be his book because he talks about how, I mean, really uses the term, but deadly stress is. And so, um, but he also talks about what to do about that. And he, well, and I think he pretty much considers all those deadly emotions, the hard emotions, those mm -hmm. are all the bad emotions, right. how they do put stress on the body. And the um, and you will, I'm telling you, you read that book, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to hold any of that in anymore. Yeah, I'm right. going to do these. But he's, he's written so many good books, Dr. Colbert. Mm -hmm. And it's C-O-L-B-E-R-T. Because after Deadly Emotions, he came out with Stress Less. Right, remember? Stress Less. Uh -huh. and, and it's different <laughs> from Deadly Emotions, but it's to, to again, more skills on stress. But our favorite one is not that one, <laughs> we have to say. I ran across a book early on in my study of this, and it, it, to, to this very day, it, it, it is really close to, to, to Walt Schaefer's book in my, uh, as being my favorite. It's by, uh, by another MD named Robert Sapolsky, S-A-P-O-L-S-K-I, Robert Sapolsky. And he titled his book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Right. And so I was first attracted by the title, and I thought, I got to read this book. And it had its funny design on the front and everything. And, and just basically what he has to say would follow up on what Schaefer says, too. The reason zebras don't get ulcers is because they run. They run. They run away from the lions on the savanna. They run away uh, from whatever is chasing them. And so either they, 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 they run. That's the, the activity, the exercise that they do that burns the adrenaline that makes them sense the stress after they smell the lion coming, right? And so one of two things is going to happen. Either the zebra is going to get caught and eaten or he's going to run and get away. And so either way, he's involved in exercise and running. And so Sapolsky, and Sapolsky, by the way, uh, he's going to go into the chemistry, more the chemistry of... Because he's uh, an actual medical doctor. Yeah, and he's uh, and he, he's... He has a lot of biochemistry in there, too, if people are interested in that. But there's enough of the practical stuff that you can you can get away from that if you want to and just hear what he has to say. He's very funny. It's a funny kind of book to read. I think it's funny. And I, and I think it's interesting. Zebras are interesting because they can't be tamed. Oh, that's true. And we know that zebras can bite. They can kick. I mean, they don't. If, if you're if they're upset with you, you will know it. Yeah. They won't just give you that glare. Right, like, right. Some animals do. They just glare at you. Yeah, that's a good point. They uh, some animals are able to uh, fight off lions, you know, and and the, the zebras uh, have a good uh, good kick going. That's for but sure. But because but it's a but they do run away. Right. They flee. Right. And then the, but they also act out their emotions, and that is yeah. so cool. Um, Doctor Colbert as well is a medical doctor, a heart doctor, and that's mm -hmm. when he came out with deadly emotions. It was the things he saw in his in his patients mm -hmm. that if they would just do these things they wouldn't have had the heart issues right and right. so all of these um authors we're talking about today are medical doctors most of them are heart doctors mm -hmm. aren't they mm -hmm. yeah. yeah a lot of them are and uh, and 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 walt uh, you know he he's just a uh, he's a health uh, conscious person. He he approached stress management stress management from a health perspective, right. and so you know there there are different uh, 
aspects to it. But, Which is uh, why it really helps us with our wellness clinic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to review quickly, I mean, you know, the uh, stresses of change, we worry about things all the time, and sometimes we get to the place where we feel like there's nothing we can do about it. So we get to thinking, you know, feeling overwhelmed by stuff like that. Um, we, you know, we, we worry, we have, we're afraid, the pressure builds up, we become less and less functional, we freeze, like you said, we get sick, and that kind of thing. Uh, people are tired and overweight and less functional. We say, I am stressed out. Yeah, you get personal. Out. Get personal. <laughs> <laughs> no intention there, not, not trying to do that. Um, and so now we, you know, we want to talk about staying well, how we okay. stay well stay in well. the midst of all of the, the stressors and everything. And, and uh, when I teach about this or when I coach people on it, I always begin with the foundation of staying well in the midst of stress, which is called health buffers. There are four health buffers that I, I teach people how to address. And the number one health buffer is exercise. People have to be involved in some kind of exercise. Uh, it can be aerobic exercise, you know, where we get our heart rate up to 120 beats a minute for 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be that. It's some kind of exercise. The second one is... Um, now, before you move on, like okay, I know okay. that you know, when we say exercise, people think of going out and running right. and or uh, aerobics, going right. to aerobics or mm-hmm. something. Right. Um, but there's so many other things. Biking. Yeah. Just uh, Good point. Good taking point. a bike. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, jump roping, which to me is difficult. I mean, it just takes a lot of Jumping energy. rope is a, it's a tough form It wears of you out quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I had, you know, kicking a karate bag. You go at the karate bag, it only takes seconds before you're totally worn out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sprinting, it only takes seconds. Right. Um, but... You're saying 120, which is not as high, um, right. but you do want to get your heart rate up. And you can even run in place, just do a yeah. gentle run in place. You sure can. Um, you know, get out walking fast. Right. Um, now, I will, I will say that uh, uh, lifting lifting weights, lifting weights. Uh, can get you there, but usually doesn't. Because it's, it's not, somewhat anti-aerobic, I think, is what they call it, which I don't know why they call it that. Right. Well, Because uh, you're sitting still, but your well, heart rate goes up. Aerobic means that we're breathing hard. Okay, so when you run, you do you know, that's aerobic because you're breathing hard. It's an exchange of air. Right? I know, but I breathe hard when I'm lifting weights. So I'm just <laughs> <Okay>. saying. <laughs> okay, I well, and, and you can't get to that. So yeah, I, thank you for 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 you know expanding that because it's important for us to understand that there are many forms of exercise, and we don't have to pick something that we are bored with or that that is too hard for us or that we don't like. Well, and I've seen people. I won't say who, that um, when they get anxious, they start cleaning. <laughs> they, you know, and I've seen women She's talking me. about me, folks. That's one of my uh, unhealthy talking. techniques. Well, I don't know. I think it's cool because I don't clean when I get stressed. I eat. But, um, I mean, I don't want to eat. But I think that cleaning, vacuuming, I've seen people do that. And mm-hmm. music, turning on music and start cleaning. Music helps. Yeah, and, and the main thing about those things, it's not so much uh, the activity itself as the preoccupation that it brings. It, it shifts our thinking right. to another place. And so that's But gonna, it does burn adrenaline, too. It can. Oh, yeah. No, dance, it does. No, it does. It does burn adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not from the exercise so much as it is the shift. We can shift our thinking and and become preoccupied in a more healthy way. And that also brings the adrenaline rate down, which is, uh, you know. Is that one of your health buffers? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so anything else about exercise at this point? No, I could go on and on and on. I know I you could. It. She's a health nut, too, and an exercise person. Uh, but but here, but here, these four health buffers are where we start. And the first one is exercise. It's the fight or flight thing. That's the first thing to do. The second is diet. Now, what we eat is very important 
uh, when it comes to dealing with stress. Uh, we want to increase our protein, decrease our carbs and sugars, and, and some people would say eat lean. That's a good way to eat. But today we've realized that we really are not able to get all of the nutritional value that we would like to get out of just eating whatever it is, three square meals a day or something. You know, we, the, our, our soil has become so depleted nutritionally that we have to have supplements in order to stay well. And so looking into uh, taking supplements, that would be the other aspect of diet. We must eat, we eat lean, uh, and, uh, and we also take supplements. We well, have and to supplements do help you so much. Um, in fact, I'm drinking some right now. Yeah. I am drinking the BTT from Longevity mm-hmm. with the calcium liquid in it. And it, and it, it truly uh, strengthens your immune system. And it's, when we say supplements, we mean vitamins, minerals, minerals trace minerals, amino acids, right. EFAs. Yeah, the EFA is essential fatty acids, which oh, yeah. would include different oil, fish oils and that kind of thing. So those are those are good to also for the diet. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, we're reminded always, uh, our colleague Joel Wallach uh, has been, uh, he's the, the, the foremost authority in the world on, uh, on minerals and nutrition mm-hmm. and mineral supplements. He's been uh, writing this uh, in this field for probably 40 or 50 years. Uh, his is the only book on nutrition that's in the Smithsonian Institution yeah, <laughs> because was, it yeah. is such a profound work in this field. And he was nominated for the Nobel Prize. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's and he uh, so you know he is sort of our uh, mentor, go-to person when it comes to this, and colleague as I mentioned before. And so we have we have come to believe in the uh, the not just the importance but the absolute necessity of supplementing our diet with the right minerals. And our and clinic has partnered with Longevity right. with Dr. Joel Wallach. We just love him. Yeah, and so um, diet then would be the second, the the third one then third health buffer that's foundational is sleep. We've got to get the right amount of sleep. Uh, I can't tell you how many people come to me and say I just can't sleep. What do I do? You know, and and part of it, I mean, a lot of it has to do with dealing in the right way with stressors that they have. You know, they wake up in the middle of night, if, when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and can't get back to sleep, it's almost always because your stressors yes. are, are going mm-hmm. crazy with you. So Which Exercise uh, can help with that. Absolutely, it, it can. And, and the truth is that all of these are related, right. but sleep is very, very important. Uh, exercising regularly helps us sleep better. Eating eating better helps us sleep better. But you can also use, um, take them from nutrition, They'll, they uh, have essential oils. And right. so like lavender, mm-hmm. um, whether you do it with a candle. Um, they also have oils that take the lavender and squeeze out the oil from it. So it's right. very concentrated. Right. And so you can diffuse that into the room. You can um, put it on you at night. You can spray it on your pillow. One of the greatest things is you can put lavender oil on a Kleenex tissue, stick it under your pillowcase, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you'll sleep like a baby. Um, and so using those oils, um, whether it be to help energize you, which is lemon, mm-hmm. you know, um, de-stressors, um, lavender helps with that. They have lots of different kinds of essential oils. Right. And Young Living has those oils. Um, mm-hmm. Longevity has those oils. Right. And then some health food stores, uh, Sprouts has those oils. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that you can use those. They have a lot for stress. They have a lot for sleep. Right. And, and let, let me just say that... Um, in the past, part part of my natural makeup has been has to be a skeptic about stuff about, like that, yeah, about and 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 yet, you know, we have looked into um, the importance of uh, mineral supplements for nutrition. Uh, we are just now kind of getting into looking into the, the uh, impact of essential oils, mm-hmm. and I have personally used these oils. Uh, 
in such a way that they I have seen them work on my own body and mm-hmm. in my own head. And and so I'm looking into it even more. But I, I just want to say we would never recommend anything on this program that we have not tried and is proven and that can help folks. And so uh, essential oils is a part of that. Uh, the fourth health buffer after exercise, diet, and sleep would be what I call healthy pleasures. And I have to admit, I, I borrowed some of these ideas from Walt uh, Schaefer in his book. He did. And he would not mind my doing that, right. I know. Uh, but but the idea of healthy pleasures is also uh, foundational to health and well-being. And what, what healthy pleasures are 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 those things that make us happy the things that we do that make us happy they can be hobbies they can be uh the, the kinds of things that we do that we enjoy that 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 create joy in us uh that help uh occupy our thinking and uh that kind of thing uh for it, it can be any, it, some people like to work out and that's a healthy pleasure for a lot of people it's not some people like walking through an antique mall some people like refinishing furniture that's some, you yeah i like that <laughs> some people like reading a novel yes. uh, other people like uh, just walking in the park um, don't you think um when you read one of the you have lots of books and i'll see you rereading them mm-hmm. like your favorite classics yeah or, i do mm-hmm. um and you'll have a candle burning mm-hmm. is it usually vanilla what do you usually, I noticed you're in that, you'll have that ambient light, <laughs> right. you'll be reading, and you'll have a candle burning. Yeah, you create an ambiance, and, and, and I, I do like to do that. I, often it'll be a vanilla candle, it's one of my favorite fragrances, and fragrances and uh, and uh, have light just enough to where I can read without squinting, and, and then read a book that gets me lost in a story. Because you love books. Yeah, I do love books. I, I grew up reading and uh, and losing myself in a good story, and, and uh, so I do that. I mean, you know, I've... I've had opportunity to do uh, fancy research, too, but I really love just novels. Well, and for me, sitting out on the porch, I love being outside. Mm -hmm. I just love being outside in good weather. Let me just mention, I don't like cold, rainy. Um, so for me, it's the beautiful days like today. Mm-hmm. And I we have a, we do have a beautiful place. And so I'll be outside and I'll be looking at the animals, um, looking at the flowers. The sun will be shining on my face mm-hmm. um, and the wind and hearing the birds. And those are that is a very healthy pleasure for me. Being able to do that, yeah, having a place that I can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, when we go hiking, when yeah. we go to the lake, kind of a I don't want to say mountainy area. Everybody would laugh if I said that. Hilly. Yeah, it's very hilly. Hilly area. Right. And, but it's in the woods, mm-hmm. and we see deer, and we see... Saw so bobcat one day. Oh, you, we did see a bobcat. <laughs> that caused stress. Because um, <laughs> I didn't... I didn't. He just stared at me. Um, and armadillos, which mm-hmm. we saw baby armadillos. That was so wonderful. And even swimming in the lake. Swimming, yeah. And that's a good exercise, too, by the way, right? It was very relaxing. relaxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so that's the idea of healthy pleasures. And, you know, and we've talked about this so many times and developed our own. But uh, for a listening audience, it's very important for them to think about, okay, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? What helps me relax? Uh, And for different people, it's different things. You know, you mentioned music. That's true. Um, Yeah, music can really help. And and it it brings joy, too. Um, But also, some people, you know, when you think of puppies or you think of kitties or or you think of animals just so, so much that they can help. And um, because it really makes a difference to us when we, there is a day we go hiking and we don't see any animals. 
Right. We talk about it, and why, why aren't there any animals? Oh like gosh, it I takes our pleasure away. I know. I can't believe we didn't see any today. You know that kind of thing. And but but Jim really he gets much happier, and I see that the woods sedate him. He was a Boy Scout and Eagle woods, Scout. Yes, he I loves love the woods. woods. Yes, so there's a part woods. of hiking where there's no <laughs> woods, and we always have to get. It is like 30 minutes away where we have to get to the trees. Yeah. And so I know even if I'm tired, it's not going to be a real hike healthy pleasure for him <laughs> until we get to the trees it's different for me from yeah yeah. From you, yeah you like the pure exercise and i like i like you know the other some of the other things some people like scrapbooking that that's a healthy yeah, pleasure absolutely. for them yeah. um being but also being with friends mm-hmm. uh, yeah and so the, the important thing is to uh, identify those things mm-hmm. what is it that that relaxes me and makes me feel good because what that does is that it, you know this is another way besides exercise to burn the adrenaline. It actually makes the adrenaline level go down, which makes all those stress response uh, components go down as well, and we begin feeling better. Now, that's because the brain switches the chemical from adrenaline to something that calms the adrenaline. Right, dopamine, Dopamine. uh, serotonin, oxytocin, and those chemicals come out, and those are the feel-good chemicals, whereas the other ones are the bad feel chemicals. So that is why just switching your thinking um, and distracting you from what you were thinking about, that was something stressful or bad, to something pleasurable. Because yesterday I had a girl, when I asked her to come up with a positive anchor, something she could use whenever she gets anxious at school, Mm -hmm. that if she would just think of something that brought her joy in the past. And at first she said nothing. And she goes, I don't think I had anything like that. And I said, well, it may take a while to go back. Maybe when you were a little kid. And she goes, Wow. When I was in Connecticut, we would rake up the leaves and oh, jump yeah. in the piles. Oh, wow. And, and she talked about how many leaves. Connecticut has a lot of trees. And she, <laughs> right. she said they were orange and yellow and that they would rake them up. And she showed me how big the pile was. It was probably as big mm-hmm. as this room, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that they, then they would jump in them. And it just sounded, and she got into that. You could see she'd start smiling. And the, it just brought this wonderful really feeling to the room yeah yeah so she changed from the chemistry changed right and and that's exactly right you've 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 done a good job describing that yeah super job that's what (laughs) happens we start feeling better just because it's something we enjoy and chemicals change right um i'm not sure you know what our time's going to allow us to do here but uh it's important i think for us to begin getting into the idea of ways that people can handle their stress uh, when they have to live with it. If you can get rid of it, that's great. If you have a job you hate, get a job you like. If you run out of money at the end of the month, put together a budget, balance a checkbook, get rid of the stressor. But sometimes there are some things we can't get away from, so we say, okay, how do we live with it? How do I manage it? And so that's where we kind of wanted to go with the end of the program here. Um, we've already mentioned regular exercise as an approach to that as a, as a technique, a stress management skill or technique, uh, whatever kind of exercise we enjoy doing. Another thing that uh, is very helpful, one of the best things for me that, that helped me in times of stress is what we call positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is just talking myself out of the stress or through the stress. And it would, it would be things like saying to myself, you know, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. I will get through this. There is an end in view. There is a silver lining. Good things come from 
uh, from bad things. Uh, uh, order can come from chaos. You know, it's that kind of thing. Uh, God will make a way for me. And so when we say those kinds of things to ourselves, uh, that's positive self-talk and it, it reduces the stress. Which a lot of people I know put on Facebook mm-hmm. and on Pinterest. Right. There's a lot of what they, I guess they call them memes. They're pictures oh, okay, right, with right. statements. But some of them are just statements mm-hmm. they put on there. And... Um, and so, like, laughter makes the blood flow more freely. Laugh every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the way, miracles can happen. Mm-hmm. And um, this one I just love. Life is like a camera. Just focus on what's important and capture the good times. Um, develop from the negatives, and if things don't turn out, just take another shot. And so, <laughs> those that, that uh, um, spend time with a loved one today, healthy pleasure. Um, when you meet someone that your heart goes crazy for, your heart gets a workout. And so there's just lots of thinking statements. And they'll put pictures, like I put that cute little puppy hugging that teddy bear and said joy. Mm -hmm. And remember to love an animal today. And so just even thinking positively, putting happy pictures, happy statements, some positive statements. A lot of people put a lot of encouraging things. I mean, these they found these statements on Pinterest or wherever, um, and they, they were so encouraging to us with my brother's stuff yeah. and to Robin. Robin put a bunch on there, too, to just say, think positively. Mm-hmm. Things can happen. Good things happen. Miracles can happen. Right, and there's more that there's more that I could say about that. There's a kind of organizing energy that happens when we do that, and that's very important. Um, j- just a few other things, though. Uh, deep breathing exercises, deep breathing. where I take ten deep breaths, and people, you know, talk about it's kind of funny, but we that really helps. Uh, meditation can help. Prayer helps. What we call visual imaging, imagining. Which was that um, positive anchor? We had her think back. Right. Just, just immediately think on that, those leaves, and jump in those leaves. Right. Or for me, when I was riding horses, just think on that positive imagery. Yeah. And, you know, talking to someone, we mentioned that before. Reaching just out. Getting it, just, just t- talking about it relieves stress. Right. These are some great tools. Thank you, Jim, for being with us. Oh, I loved it. Thank you for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope we've helped you know what stress is, what causes it, and what to deal with it. If you would, uh, if you need help with stress and would like to contact me, you can call my phone, 817-991-4964, or email me at jslaughter, J-S-L-A-U-G-H-T-E-R, at yahoo.com. Jay Slaughter, PhD at Yahoo.com. Oh, Thank you very much. And thanks for being on. Thank you so much for listening to Living Well. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. 